Greetings MFI, it's Pastor Gilbert Kelly from Atlanta, and I want to bring a word of encouragement to um, all of us today. And to do that this, today, I want to speak briefly from a message that God used me to speak to our congregation back on the first Sunday of the year. That would have been January 5th, 2020. This was before anyone had heard of COVID ID uh, 19 and before the first release of the Ahmaud Aubrey murder that sparked the beginning of several videos and all the racial unrest and protests and rioting. This was before uh, distancing and masking and pandemic and defunding and zooming and hand sanitizer or everyday vocabulary, before uh, travel bans and business shutdowns and before the, the absolutely impossible thought of government mandated shutdown of our churches. In the first time of the year, usually we stand up and we speak uh, glowing words of breakthrough and growth and all the good things and prosperity to come in the year ahead. But this year, God spoke a very different word to me. God did speak to me and he told me that he's moving his church, his bride forward in the seasons of awakening and restoration and presence and power. And then it would be manifest with miracles and signs and wonders. And I, I communicated that to our congregation, but I also communicated this. I heard the Lord clearly say to me that first you were here roaring. And I didn't understand what that meant. I began to preach almost a message. I didn't understand what it meant just out of obedience to what I believed and knew in my heart was the prophetic word of God being spoken. And he said there will be roaring in the 20s. 20s, the next decade, will be as the, the roaring 20s. And he began, the Lord began to, as I began to open my Bible and look, the Lord began to put, put scripture into my heart. And the first thing he put in my heart was 1 Peter 5, 8. It says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. I, I preached that January 5th, 2020, and I preached Psalm 74, 4, your enemies Roar in the midst of your meeting place. They set up their banners for signs. I didn't understand what it meant, but I preached it in Psalm 74, 23. He said, do not forget the voice, the roar, some translations say, of your enemies. And then he spoke to me, Isaiah 31, 4. For thus the Lord has spoken to me, as a lion roars and a young lion over his prey. When a multitude of shepherds is summoned against him, he will not be afraid of their voice, nor be disturbed by their noise. So the Lord of hosts will come down to fight for Mount Zion and for his holy hill. That really spoke to my heart. That with all the roaring and all the things that are coming against us and, 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 and the things about banners being held up, and sometimes it's hard to distinguish between, uh, even though the banners may say a right thing, which ones are for you as the church and which ones are against you as the church and having to make that difficult discernment at time. Yet it says, the, 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 as a lion roars, the Lord Jesus stands over us as a lion stands over its prey. I thought that was a powerful word. And as I began to ask God what to speak to his people, what to speak in that first sermon in January, I heard the word prepare. Prepare for the movement of God and his people, the church, prepare for the roaring. So I preached a series of preparation. We called them the P's of preparation. Prayer, praise, presence, provision, 
uh, passion. But the the most critical and first message January 5th, 2020 was the word perseverance. And I told the congregation, to persevere going forward, we must understand who we are, where we are, when we are, and God's timeline of executing his word and his will in the earth. And so first we look back to the beginning of things that we see today. Revelation 12, 7 through 9, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon and his angels fought, but they did not prevail, nor was a place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil, and Satan who deceives the whole world, he was cast to the earth, and his angels were cast with them. And I told the congregation, heaven was the first battleground, and Satan lost. Today the earth is the second and last battlefield, and Satan will lose again. And while this second battle is raging and moving forward, we need to persevere. And then I, we looked at Jesus on the battlefield of the earth. And Matthew 4, 13 through 17 says, And leaving Nazareth, he came and dwelt in Capernaum, which is by the sea, in the regions of Zebulun and Naphtali, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying, The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, by the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people who sat in darkness have seen a great light. And upon those who sat in the region of the shadow of death, light is done. And it says here in verse 17, from that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And today we sit in a society where people sit in darkness in the region of the shadow of death. And we pastors are called to stand as a light on the hill and preach the word of life, the gospel of Jesus Christ, the cross, his blood, and like Jesus preaching and saying, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. As in the days of the early church and the first generation believers, today the true church, the true believer will face rejection and ridicule and persecution. But my Bible says, your Bible says in Luke 23, uh, 22 and 23, blessed are you when men hate you and exclude you, revile you, cast out your name for the Son of Man. Say, rejoice in that day and leap for joy, for great is your reward in heaven. And the church saw explosive growth anyway, marked by miracles, signs, and wonders, in spite of what government of man was in power. God expects our, his love for us and our love of him to compel us to persevere and our dependence on him and him alone to guide and protect us. Perseverance is more than an attitude. It's an action word. To me, perseverance means commitment to what is right in spite of resistance. In that message, January 5th, 2020, God gave me seven trials. And then I want to say, uh, just speak quickly to you. On that day before I knew what was going on, trials that are fully upon us. Trials that every generation of believers face when God was moving them forward. The first was trial of faith. Facing a trial of faith, believing the promises of God. The second is that we will have trials of sin. Not, not only the classics that we know, but sins of anger and bitterness and slander and thinking less of others. He said we will have trials of disappointment and betrayal. He spoke these things to me and I spoke them to the church, January 5th, 2020, that people you love and trusted that, that may reject you or leave your church or reject your word. We will have trials of rejection 
when people will no longer want to hear sound doctrine and teaching. Trials of weariness, the Lord spoke to me January 5th, the trials of weariness will come upon us, tired pastors, wishing there was a way out of being the pastor. I think maybe that's crossed all of our minds from time to time. He also said six. I didn't understand that there will be trials of sickness. This was before I knew about COVID-19 and, and the, the depression and the anxiety that we see now. And he said there will be trials of loss when God takes the crowd away, pastors, shuts down churches, week to week, uncertain about resources. But Philippians 4.19 says, and my God shall supply all our needs according to his riches and glory. And then I looked at Romans 8.31-39, and I preached this, and so what then shall we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? For your sake, we are killed all day long. We are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loves us. What that told me, back into looking back to January 5th and today, God knows exactly where we are. We're living in dark days, complex times. But consider the book of Acts Church. In a hostile environment for the gospel, believers were under fire for their church. The, uh, for their faith. The government of the land was against them, yet the gospel still spread rapidly, and the church of Jesus Christ experienced exponential growth. I'm hearing more and more reports of pastors quitting or trying to find a way to quit, even more discouraged, and most, if not all of us, feeling some level of anxiety at times. There's a Bible word for encouragement, parakaleo. It means to call to one side, to summon, to address, admonish, exhort, appeal. We all need some parakaleo. Biblical encouragement has to be stronger than just compliments and praise because the forces of discouragement are stronger and higher than how good we may feel or how good we look or how gifted and talented we are. The journey of following Jesus is not measured by how good we feel or how good we look. In Mark chapter 8, 34, when he, Jesus, called the people himself with his disciples also, he said to them, whoever decides to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. God expects his love, his love for us and our love of him to compel us to persevere. As God moves his church forward, we must be people of perseverance. What I found personally for me through this journey is that the only time I get discouraged is when I begin to preach anything other than the gospel, the kingdom, the Bible, Jesus, period. I'm telling you today that is more, what I found out, that's more than enough for most believers, but sadly it's not enough for some. But it is the, the answer and to every issue we are facing in society. I want to encourage you, pastors, preach the word. Preach the Bible. Preach the kingdom. And I want to end with 1 Thessalonians 5, 9 through 11 and on down a bit. For God did not appoint us to suffer wrath, but to receive salvation through our Lord Jesus Christ. He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with him. Therefore, encourage one another. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just as in fact you are doing. Down in verse 16, it says, rejoice always. 
Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Do not quench the spirit. Do not treat prophecies with contempt, but test them all. Hold on to what is good. Reject every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. The one who calls us is faithful, and he will do it. He will do it. He will do it. So be encouraged. Persevere. May God bless the words from your mouth and the works of your hands in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen.